1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube before floor, an hour before every heat game. Post up five hours as soon as the heat game ends. And if you subscribe, you get all of our other content on all the South Florida teams throughout the week. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network that includes our friends over at all pro construction builders. If you're a South Florida resident, you know that hurricane season is always around the corner. You got to protect your home or business contact all pro construction builders, reach out to Danny directly at 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429 four four two nine or check them out on instagram at all pro construction builders state certified licensed and insured general contractor and they service miami-dade monroe and broward counties you got to make sure you've got the impact windows and doors so reach out to all pro construction builders you will deal directly with the owner from start to finish a family operated business competitive pricing but also quality service make sure you mention five reasons you get a 10 percent discount in addition to your free estimate so again contact danny 305 484 44 29 And now, from FTX Arena after game one, today's episode. Down to
2: Yikes. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. here's the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, rain bubble frogs. Just like say. you were in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got a all band. Y'all seen the block. Stopping one hand. And Pat, we trust, have the guts. we here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: Alright, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. I'm flanked by Alex Toledo. You can follow the Tropical Blanket and Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk305. We're all sitting up in section 106 today. Caught the Miami Heat's first playoff win, first playoff game, of course, of the 2022 postseason. Their first playoff win at home because, I mean, the bubble, they were not really home uh, since 2016 against Toronto. And in that game, Kyle Lowry had 36 for the Toronto Raptors. So a lot has changed over those six years. Just to go through some of the numbers as we go through the floor plan tonight, uh, the big number for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, 1 of 12, 0 of 7 from 3, a minus 22 on the game, and 8 points. And on the Miami Heat side, 27 points from Duncan Robinson, 9 of 10 overall, 8 of 9 from 3. That was uh, assisted by Jimmy Butler's twenty-one six and 4 stat line with 3 steals. 16 points from P.J. Tucker, said he felt the best he's felt since December. 10 points, 9 assists for Kyle Lowry. And quiet games from BAM, and Tyler combining for just 12 points on four of 16 shooting, but it didn't matter. The big takeaway from a strategic standpoint is a lot we're going to get to between now and game two. And nothing's really changed my mind that this is probably a five game series. Trey might still get a game, particularly going home, but let's just get into the way that they guarded Trey young. And then we're going to give Duncan Robinson his flowers, which I don't think everybody did properly in the press conferences. So we'll talk about that also, But let's just start, and I'll go to both of you guys from a strategic standpoint, because we know they don't have Clint Capella, but he's not a scoring option anyway. John Collins is coming back from injury, but you look at this Atlanta team. They score, but so much of their scoring is dependent on what Trey does for them. What did Miami do today?
2: I mean, I think we saw a lot of the same stuff that we saw throughout the season and that we've seen in the past as far as how the Heat defend Trey. But they just kind of turned it up to a different level, I think, as far as execution. They were on point. Uh, I pointed out on Off the Floor, uh, which you guys should check out, of course, that uh, I was talking to Brady before the game, you know, just kind of reminding him how the last Heat Hawks game went, how much Tyler – I mean, I'm sorry, Trey was seeking out Max Struce to try and get – you know, hunt him and do what he does. And he made made Max look really bad that game, and that, you know, was not happening from – you know, right from the start. You know, Trey was looking to get Max isolated, defending him, and every time you'd see P.J. or Bam – kind of get him out of the way you saw kyle do it a little bit too i think they just did a really good job keeping a good defender on him making it hard on him and just obviously switching up the coverages they didn't stick to one thing the entire time and he mentioned the post game kind of giving credit to the heat for switching up the coverages that it's not all about the switching not only did he shoot one for 12 he had two more turnovers and he had assists so it's like you absolutely could not have done a better job containing trey And the other guys, you know, did a pretty good job scoring for the Hawks, but not good enough. And I think that's kind of the blueprint right there.
1: Yeah, I think they'll be fine with Danilo Gallinari giving giving him 22 a night uh, because, again, that's not sustainable to win a series. I think Miami thinks they'll win that way. Let let me throw it the other direction here because we know Jimmy took a lot more of the assignment today. Again, they made sure that Max was protected. They threw different bodies at him. Bam had turns. Tucker came out on him. If you're Atlanta, Brady, to make this thing a series – Trey is going to have to be effective. What do you do? What, what's the, what's the what's the change that Kyle? That, excuse me. That
3: uh, Nate McMillan makes between games one and game two. Uh, I think first you probably have to get him off the ball a little bit more. Like I think it's hard to say that because it's Trey Young who just kind of thrives in pick and rolls and as a passer and a scorer on the ball. But I think there's times where if you're Trey Young and you're the Hawks, like you got to run some stuff to get him inside somehow because every one of his shots, yeah, he was one for twelve, but it was all perimeter stuff. Like if it wasn't threes, it was deep twos. Like he was not getting to the rim at a high level yet. He was six for seven from the line. A couple of those uh, trips to the line were little, you know, weird calls anyway, but I think it's just, you got to find a way to get him to the rim. I think from Miami's angle, we're going to talk about a lot of guys defensively that they, they threw at them. And also the scheme, I think Gabe Vincent deserves probably most of the credit. Like just thinking about, we didn't even expect him to play in this game. Like we kept talking about Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin, because We saw in that last Hawks game that Alex was alluding to, they did a lot of Caleb on Trey Young. This one, we know what Gabe likes to do most against smaller guards, just go baseline to baseline with them, get in their grill, try to just get them annoyed in a lot of ways, just kind of throw them off their game. And I feel like he did that. There were points where uh, there were some elbows thrown immediately when he got in there that he was just trying to get in his way. Uh, But I just feel like they did a good job overall. But it's still Trey Young. Like, this is one game. He's Like you just said, I still am aiming for five because he's still going to have a game in him where a couple of those shots that he took, yeah, they were difficult shots, but he's going to make those difficult shots because he has all year. So it's going to be interesting to see the adjustments, but it just feels like specifically it's going to be one of those kind of home games for them. There was that one sequence where, and we're going to talk about
1: Gabe a little bit more too, because especially on offense, in addition to defense, I mean, they had he had 35 assists tonight. Kyle and Gabe had 16 of them between them. But there was one... Uh, sequence where Trey had the ball at about 30 feet from the basket and Gabe jumped back to let him shoot the shot. Okay. And, and it felt like this was as much uh, psychological as tactical today that, that they were trying to make a statement. And I, and I wish I'd asked Jimmy this question uh, instead of others that maybe I asked or others asked after the game, but even with Jimmy getting in Trey's face in the first like three, four minutes of the game, like I thought that set the tone for this whole thing they know this is the only guy who can beat them. That, that is why this team is not a challenge for the heat in the first round. Like they just, they're just not diverse enough. They have other offensive weapons, but they don't have anybody that's going to freak you out. Okay. Like, you know, it, it all stems from him. Those kind of teams do not beat quality air for teams. We've seen this in recent years. Here's the other stat line. And this one didn't get talked about to me. The, the, the other guy who can hurt Miami is Bogdanovich. O of eight. 0 of 4 from 3, minus 18 in 25 minutes, 6 points, and a couple of turnovers. So you're talking about their two primary uh, perimeters, okay? Because I actually, I've heard heard him some this year, but to me, Bogdanovich is a better player. Trey Young and Bogdanovich, 1 of 20 from the floor. I mean, they have no chance for that, but I do think that they're going to probably get 1 Uh, at some point, because I do think trail just have one of those games where he goes nuclear. It will likely be at home. It's not going to be here. It's, it's not going to be in game two. The other thing I want to talk about defensively, and then we're going to talk about the offense in the second part of this episode, because I mean, Miami was, I mean, they rolled today. Okay. No question. 86 points through three quarters. Uh, You know, the fourth quarter was kind of a mess with a bunch of guys coming in, but just, you, I want to, we'll touch on one rotation thing here. We didn't see Caleb Martin today until it was over. Essentially they, they played nine. Do you guys both think that, you know, because we talked about Duncan's not coming out of the rotation after scoring 27, right? Game's not coming out of the rotation after this. So probably likely waiting till the next series to see Caleb. Is that fair?
2: Could be. I mean, that could be the case. I was, I was saying to Brady during the game uh, that I wouldn't be surprised if like Gabe was struggling, that maybe uh, Caleb could come out and get a chance or maybe whether it's this game or not, but that was not the case. I think Gabe played a good game, Uh, you know, he didn't have one of his crazy shooting games, but he gave you exactly enough, you know, three of eight. And more importantly than that was seven assists and one turnover on the lowest of keys. Like he just does a good job uh, taking care of the ball and doing what he's supposed to. You know, uh, Brady said maybe it could be the extra ball handling aspect. And, you know, we've spoken about that in the past, that Spo always likes having an extra guy who can make uh, plays with the ball. But also, Gabe, it's just a great defensive matchup for Trey for all the reasons Brady was already talking about there. And there's just no reason to take him out now. And, yeah, it looks like we were wrong about Caleb for this matchup. It might just be next series because Gabe did an incredible job out there. And I, I don't know what you changed from there. And, by the way, speaking of Gabe, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago when he, quote, unquote, jumped back yeah. from Trey. I think me and you had a very different read on that because I had the reaction like I just couldn't believe how much space Trey created with one move. I was flabbergasted and just kind of uh, happy that he didn't make that shot because it would have been on the highlights. But, um, yeah, just shout out to Gabe for kind of just sticking to tray all night because even if he'll hit you with a couple of moves that make you look dumb, get you 30 feet off of him, he did an absolutely great job. I'm okay with him making the move that
1: gets him back to 30 feet instead of, as, as Brady was saying earlier, the move that gets him into the paint a little bit more often. Even though we know he's going to make that shot, on occasion, I, I think Miami will settle for the crazy ones uh, as opposed to uh, k- k- kind of the easier ones. All right, we're going to get into the offense here in a second, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the guys who didn't perform particularly well offensively and how they weren't necessary, but also the guy who really did perform. Before we do, we always tell you about our fantasy partner here. It's prizepicks.com. Make sure you're using that code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched taking a look here today. Actually, this would have been a hard one to gauge because I, I think Jimmy went under at 21. It was supposed to be 21 and a half. That was the number. If you had PJ Tucker, you went over with his 16 points today, but prizepix.com again, you can play MLB NHL and all the other sports as well as NBA. You can mix the different sports you can play two, three, four, five players together. You can play the flex play. If you want to kind of go halfway in the power play, if you want to go all the way in, but this is our official fantasy sponsor for a reason. You get your money quickly. It's the most fun to play. They've got the most different options and they get the boards uh they get the boards changed quite a bit so make sure you're checking out throughout the day sometimes the heat props were not always up at the beginning this year because they were waiting to see who was playing but now with the heat have a healthy team they'll likely be up a little bit sooner so go to prizepicks.com play all of the nba playoffs there all right the offensive story today no question uh duncan robinson nine of ten overall as i mentioned eight of nine from three he said he didn't know what to do with his hand, with his hands when he made one of the threes because uh, it was he's not really one to celebrate, and he talked after the game and we've we've talked about this all year and, and I know we, we've I mean look we have some in our network who who literally would have cut Duncan on the spot okay still would maybe even after the eight of nine for three. Uh, this has not been easy for him. Um, Eric Spoelstra was kind of on a rampage about narratives after the game. I felt that was more directed at the fact there were national media guys who haven't really watched the team who were here. Uh, but one of the narratives has been about Duncan. And he said he acknowledged that, that the narrative affected him. He said he hated taking Duncan out of the starting lineup because he knew that it was going to be perceived as a slight towards Duncan. And there's look, you have to look at it partially that way. A guy's been a starter here for a long period of time. You take him out of the lineup. It's because you're looking for a change. But as we discussed it wasn't just about Duncan. Okay. It was about the layers that Spolcher wanted to get to beyond it. And I thought Duncan had two acknowledgments today. One was uh, that it, it has affected him. Okay. No question that he's still sort of processing, not being a starter, but also he did say that sometimes for the first couple of possessions, Teams kind of forget about him a little bit now when he comes in the game, or maybe they don't have the right defense in for him because it's a different, it's a different group than the starters. So that this staggering where you kind of bring Duncan in a few minutes after Tyler comes in, although he didn't say that, but that's what's been happening
0: has helped. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app.
1: when he comes into the game, as opposed to uh, opposing defenses focusing on him from the beginning. Brady, you've talked about the other byproduct of this, which is that it's freed Bam up a little bit, although Bam didn't do much offensively tonight, to not have to sort of get Duncan open. But what you saw tonight was just Duncan shooting and not thinking. And that's part of what this change was about.
3: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is not thinking. And I I forgot who it was. I think it might have been PJ that mentioned something about his mindset and just kind of overthinking, because we all know that. That is part of it. Like, that seems like the biggest thing with him. Um, from a shooting perspective, I think it is a lot of what that the rotation thing did. Like, you mentioned the BAM thing. They wanted to get Duncan away from BAM, it felt like. Like, they just wanted to get Duncan next to their two best kind of rim pressure shot creators and Tyler and, ba- and Jimmy. Uh, and it leads to a lot of just contested, straight-up catch-and-shoot jumpers from Duncan. It's not worried about navigating screens over and over with DHOs. It's just kind of going. Uh, I said before the series that I thought he'd have a big game because – he was going to be mirrored with Gorgie Jang. He wasn't, and he still had a big game. Like, he wasn't even, they didn't even match him up. They were going small with kind of flipping between Wu and, and Collins at the five. So it was a little bit different. It's still that type of drop. They was able to get looks, but none of his looks were easy. Like, it wasn't just, okay, they're eliminating one guy and he's going to get an open look. Like, all of his looks, I feel like he turned around and looked at the ref to try to get a foul call. Um, There was one play in after his second three in the second quarter where he kind of, pump faked. He drove, he kicked it to Jimmy and Jimmy swung it to Kyle in the corner. And that was kind of their first run. That was when the timeout was called Kyle was kind of getting the crowd involved. That play stands out because like the fact that you could hit two early threes and then put pressure on the rim and kind of get a three out of it. That's the stuff that makes the difference. Like in my opinion, it just kind of changes everything, the dynamic of their offense. Uh, And I just don't think he has that spacing when bam's in there, like not that we're saying that they went from being a lethal combo to not be on the play together, but it just changes their look. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with their minutes because what is it tonight? Max Strus plays 25 minutes and Duncan plays. He ended up with 22, but I think Max played all the way down the stretch because they played in garbage time. So he was kind of the – had a bunch of minutes over him in that way. Uh, I don't think that will be the case all the time. I think it's going to be whoever's kind of having the better night, they'll go with. Uh, but I don't think it's one or the other. I think for now, Strus will stay in the starting lineup. Uh, but it's just going to come down to whoever's having the better night, they'll roll with later in the second half, uh, and they'll just kind of use them as a spacer. Jimmy had a weird answer after the game. We were talking about this before we
1: came on. Um, Brady was in the room with me and, and uh, he was asked about Duncan and we know that Jimmy's poked at Duncan a little bit during the year. And some of it hasn't particularly gone over well, that it's affected Duncan in some ways. And when he was asked about Duncan, he, he said, all praise be to Duncan. But then he started talking about Max Strus and how well Max played defensively. Uh, it, it still feels like there's this unease with the whole situation. Um, I feel like Max is in an uncomfortable position because obviously he's got a relationship with Duncan, but he's kind of been put in the starting lineup. That's always sort of a weird thing. I, I do think that today is, is meaningful in one sense. We've seen Duncan go through the ringer this year and come out the other side. Okay. He's not still a starter, but he was shooting in the low 20s from three at home for a couple months. And now he has an eight three-point game. And I don't care what now. This is not a good defense they're playing but I don't care what defense you're playing against. You have eight threes in a playoff game. I, I do think Alex, that this will matter as they go forward, when they play better teams, when they play a Boston or they play a Milwaukee that he's got this one in his pocket, particularly at home, right? Like I just, I, with everything that's happened.
2: No doubt about it. And look, I couldn't agree more. I wasn't in the room for uh you know, Jimmy's weird answer about Duncan or whatever, it does feel like he's more willing to just kind of joke about Max than he is about Duncan at this point. Like, I think maybe it's a thing where, you know, Max is a better sport about it for all I know, but as far as Duncan's game out there, I'm really happy for him, man. I, I couldn't agree more that it's a huge confidence booster for him to just come out first game of the playoffs, get the jitters out of you, play loose and hit eight threes. Like that, this is one of his best games ever. So um, as far as going forward in the playoffs, I think he's going to be huge for them, man. Like, I think when they actually have to go up against tough defenses that make things hard on them, which, you know, is not going to happen in the first round, I think Duncan is just going to make things easier for a lot of guys. And these types of performances, like we could have all said before the playoffs started that Duncan is probably going to have two or three games or he just wins you the game because he's going crazy. And so that's not why you sign him, but that's part of the reason why you sign him and pay him so much. It's, you expect him to be a, a really good shooter every night, but also there's some nights where he's going to be double what you expect him to be. And that's kind of the value right there. You have him coming off the bench. It's just kind of, it's a different dynamic now. And I think Spoh's gamesmanship with the roster and the amount, the different pieces he has has kind of uh, taken him to the next notch as far as their offense. Cause again, the Hawks defense is terrible, but the heat offense is flowing throughout the whole game. Even if they kind of started off uh, field goal percentage wise, a little rough. I, I thought they were getting good looks from start to finish. So I think, uh, you know, Duncan did his job. Don't expect eight threes from him every game, but I just, I'm, I'm happy for the man because they tried to act like he was done, and he's obviously not done. He's still Duncan Robinson. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the playoffs, and I'm looking forward to this series ending quickly. Reports of Duncan's demise
1: greatly exaggerated. Uh, we're gonna do some rapid fire on the rest of the roster, and then we'll deep, we'll deep dive on this series a little bit more tomorrow. Before we do, want to talk about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at You Break we we'll Fix. This is the big three of, uh, of wheel service, so the repair, the refinish, and the custom wheel specialist. They do everything for you at Ubrake Wheel Fis- Fix. They're currently based in North Miami off of Biscayne and Northeast 146th Street. You can find them on Instagram at ubreakwheelfix. Wheel Fix. That's with the U, Ubreakwheelfix. Wheel Fix. Also on Facebook, brake Wheel Fix and ubreakwheelfix.com. Give them a call at 305-748-0112. It's 305-748-0112. Mention five reasons and you'll get a discount. Reach out to Mark and everybody down there. Again, if you want the new custom wheels and tires, you get the vice colors. If you still uh, remember those and you can get, get all this from your favorite brands, such as Vossen and fuel off road. Okay. No credit check financing uh, up to $5,000 for a new set of wheels. You break that's the letter U. break wheel All right, let's do this quick. Okay. Let's go through a variety of players today. Uh, what you liked,
3: what you didn't like, what concerned you 30 seconds or less PJ Tucker. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, for one, in the third quarter, he had like three triples to be in the third, and it was all from the same exact spot. Uh, and you probably guessed it, it was the corner. But the thing that stood out was that he was like the release valve of their offense, and that's going to be like this in most series. Like, he's playing and setting screens next to Tyler, next to Kyle, next to Duncan or Struz. They're going to send two at all four of those guys that he's going to either have on the roll and be able to have that floater, or he's going to pop out to that corner and have a decently open three. So just all of his shots are pretty much open. It's just about him making it. Tonight he did, and I feel like there's going to be these type of games mixed in. It's not that he's going to have these type of games every game or every series, but for a majority of the time, he's going to take advantage. uh, And these type of games just really kind of open up their offense in the kind of grand scheme of things. All right, I'll do Jimmy here.
1: Uh, I liked his approach tonight, uh, starting off, you know, with attacks. Uh, He he was towards the basket. We saw him finish at the rim. I I love the Jimmy finishes where he just barely dunks. It it looks like he's not going to make it, uh, but he gets there. And then he kind of moved outside a little bit as the game went on. I'm not concerned about the free throw shooting, the two of seven. We know Jimmy's a better free throw shooter than that. Uh, Defensively, he was terrific. Not just the three steals. Uh, He, I mean, he, he put, he put uh, Trey in complete lockdown a couple of times tonight, uh, made things very, very uncomfortable. Uh, He was, you know, so to speak, stupidly locked in. And I think, I think we get to this point now where we can talk about this being a different type of team than they had two years ago where, you know, Jimmy tonight, 33 minutes, 21, six and four is enough. OK, they don't need the 40, the, the 40 point game like they needed against the Lakers uh, in that finals. I thought I thought Jimmy uh, was really good tonight. All right. I will let you go with
2: Tyler. here. So this is actually to me a good sign. Uh, you know, they got a game from Tyler where he just did not perform well in general. He went three of 11. Uh, I think he had more turn. Oh, no, he had the same exact turnovers. As assists. So not a game where he just performed well, and it didn't really matter at all. It feels like most times in games like this where Tyler doesn't perform well at all, it usually stands out because it feels like they need Tyler to come in and give them that offense off the bench. But the starters completely uh, outplayed their starters. Uh, The Heat's bench outplayed their bench without Tyler playing well. So, again, just to mention it for the millionth time, the Hawks are not a representative playoff defense. But still, like, all of this is good signs. Like, they're able to create plenty of offense without Tyler having to kind of bail him out when things aren't looking good. And they were able to just move on. Like, it wasn't even, you know, an issue. I think he was out there doing his best. It wasn't a good game. It didn't even really matter. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, this game kind of ended after the Heat started off, according to their game notes, assisting on 10 of their 11 first field goals. And I think they finished the first half with assists on 18 of 21 field goals made. Like, what does that tell you about the Hawks defense if there's an assist on pretty much every damn field goal? And that doesn't even include... Uh, include the second quarter, which is the one where the heat went off and scored 36 points.
1: Yeah, they don't make anything hard. That's the thing. I mean, Miami can run their offense without really interruption, uh, but you want to see them run it. And and I thought that's one of the interesting things that both Duncan and PJ uh, touched on. Duncan said us not knowing our opponent was actually a good thing. We focus on ourselves. I, I think they got their game right Thinking it would probably be Atlanta. That was the sentiment that that I got from talking to people around here that it likely Atlanta had some playoff experience, probably could go into a place like Cleveland, but you didn't know what Allen's status was going to be and win a road game. So they were prepared for that. Uh I'll go to you here on this BAM back from COVID, although he didn't have any symptoms. Thoughts on his overall performance? Let me
3: close. Yeah, I'm pretty much with Spo where when he was asked about BAM, he basically said, like he does not care about the offense at all because when you're playing defense like that and impacting so many things like nobody cares like when you're winning games like this nobody cares that he's one for five and he had six points I think there were moments where specifically early like if things got out of hand and it was a close game we would have pointed to like there were a couple looks early in the game where he got it on that baseline kind of entry pass he turned around and he had a wide open baseline jump right at from about three times uh, and he just didn't take it and he drove it in either kicked it out and it just went into nothing but other than that, the, the defensive stuff is what needs to be talked about. Like just being able to uh, not only lock up Trey because that was kind of a team effort, but it's more about the groundy covers. I know we talk about this probably on so many five on the floors, but it's being able to contest shots. There's a reason why guys like Bogdanovich are 0 for 8 and these other shooters don't play well. It's because this isn't Atlanta defense where you're kind of leaving shooters open. You can even have a sliver of space and you're going to recover and you're going to have a tough shot on you. Uh, and there were even points where we saw this specifically, I think, back to that Charlotte game recently where they played them ho- at home. They pulled Bam basically away from the offensive plays where they were kind of pulling Trey, and, and when they got the switch onto Bam, it's kind of the opposite of attacking. You're going to clear out all the way into that deep corner to say, okay, we're going to pull Bam as far away from the play as possible. Uh, that just says a lot. Like and, and I'm not going you know, to make a push for defensive player of the year now that we're in playoff time, but that's the stuff that makes like one of the league's best defenders the league's best defender because – when you have teams that are able to just not only scheme against you to get the ball out of your hands, but when you're pulling a guy away to make it a a five-on-five game, a four-on-four game, it just really says a lot about about a playoff team.
1: Trey Young's uh, worst shooting performance of his career today, although, of course, it was because he was tired. You got one thing to
2: add? Yeah, and just to kind of add on to everything we're talking about here as far as defense, and also this is plenty to do with Bam. I mean, the Hawks' half-court offense tonight was at 883 their overall, I'm sorry, half-court offensive rating, and their overall offensive rating was that I believe, 93 or 94. So both of those would be in the bottom seven if they were to you know, go throughout an entire season for offensive rating. And this is a team that has been in the top two all year. The Heat came out and shut them down. I think held them to uh, under 40% from the field, uh, under 30% from three. Obviously, like we've talked about, held trade to the worst shooting uh, game of his life. This is the blueprint. This is the team that we expected to come out When they signed Lowry, when they signed P.J. Tucker, they're doing it right from game one.
1: And here's one other stat, and this doesn't necessarily suggest what's going to happen, but it does tell you what has happened. The six times that the Miami Heat have gone to the finals, they have won game one of the first round. All four years of the big three, uh, 2020, 2006, uh, this would actually rank as the third biggest blowout of those seven. And, And you know what? This felt like a lot of those first-round matchups that the big three had. Just a team that just does not have enough. If you can shut down one guy, you've got them. Uh, in Milwaukee's case, few years ago it was Monte Ellis. Uh, in this particular case, uh, it seems to be Trey Young. Thanks everybody for following today, Brady, Alex, and I will be back at the arena on Tuesday. So far in the series, field goals, Trey Young one, the three of us zero. We'll see if that keeps up on Tuesday night. Have a good one, everybody.